Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. Turn in your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3. If you don't have your Bibles, if you have a phone and you have a Bible on your phone, you can click there to 1 Samuel chapter 3. Um, 1 Samuel chapter 3. We are in week number two of a series that we're calling You Asked For It. And this is a series where you really helped determine the content. Because on Easter Sunday, we gave out a survey asking what questions would you want answered. And this series, the four weeks of this series, is the four most frequently asked questions. And so last week, we kicked off this series by answering the question, how do I handle stress? And so if you're stressed out and you missed out on the message last week, or maybe you heard it and you're still stressed out, you can actually go back and listen to that message. We have an um, audio podcast that's on Apple as well as Spotify. You can go back and catch up. But today we're going to be answering actually the number one asked question on that survey. And as a pastor, I'm really proud that this was the number one asked question. And here it is. How do I hear God's voice? How do I hear God's voice? And I love this question because this question is making an assumption that God still speaks. But the truth is, is that many people believe and even teach that God doesn't speak anymore. That God, whose words were so powerful, that in creation he spoke and the earth was created, has all of a sudden lost that powerful voice. That Jesus, who is described in the Bible as the word, has all of a sudden gotten a bad case of laryngitis. That the Holy Spirit, who lives on the inside of every single believer, is all of a sudden trapped with no way to communicate. And no, we believe unapologetically that God still speaks. And I believe you do too. And that's why you ask this question. Because it's in his nature. God is a speaking God. It's who he is. That he's a great father that loves to talk to his kids. And the question is never, is God speaking? The question is, are we listening? But I relate so much to this question. Because there's been times in my life where I've struggled with this question, how do I hear God's voice? And here's what a survey doesn't do. It doesn't tell you the tone. Because you may be, I, I guarantee you, I would have checked that box, but the tone wouldn't have been, okay, hey, Pastor Brian, could we take a week and could you just tell me how God speaks? Like, how do I hear God's voice, like all gentle and calm? No, I would be a lot more sassy um, and I would be like much more frustrated tone. Like, how do I hear God's voice? Because there's been so many times where I've read my Bible and I see that God is clearly speaking to so many people. And my question is, why not me? God, I feel like you're speaking. Almost in every page it says that God said this and God said that. But like, what about me? And I read verses like this in Jonah chapter 1, in verse 1, where it says that the Lord gave this message to Jonah. And it, son of that guy... And then it says this in verse two, this is God talking. 
And God says, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and announce my judgment against it. And I read verses like this and I'd get so jealous because that's exactly what I want. How many, like what happened to Jonah is what so many of us want. So many of us want God to speak and to tell us exactly what to do and exactly where to go. How many of you have ever prayed a prayer like that? God, if you would just make it so clear, just tell me what to do and where to go. And that happened to Jonah. Exactly. He got what all of us have wanted from time to time. Like, I don't want to make any guesses. I don't want to have to just like hope I get this right. God, would you just make it so clear? Tell me what to do and where to go. And then look at the very next verse. Jonah chapter one, verse three. But Jonah got up and he went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. And it makes me so mad. And even reading that, it just kind of makes my blood boil a little bit. I get so frustrated. I'm like, what the crap, Jonah? (laughs) You got what all of us wanted. That God God told you what to do and where to go. And you just went in the opposite direction and you didn't even listen. And then I'd hear other people around me say stuff like, you know what, God said this to me. Or, you know, you, I'd hear sentences that started like this. Well, today God spoke to me and blah, 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 blah. And I would just feel so confused. And there was times where I felt so less than as a Christian. Because it's like, I feel like everybody is hearing from God, but why not me? And I'd just be so confused. Like, what did I, like, what, what have I missed? And then I like, like, what do I even expect? Like, what should I expect? Should I expect an audible voice or like this gut feeling? Or should I expect to like go into some mystical trance at some point in my relationship with God and then he just starts speaking to me in this trance? Like, like what is it? And then people would say stuff like, you know, God just put an impression on my heart. And I'm like, what? Like, what is that? Like, what is that? Could you explain that to me? Like, what is an impression on my heart? And there's been so many times where maybe something has happened and I just never know, like, is that God? Is that me? Is that just bad pizza I ate last night and it's just reacting in a very weird way? Like, what is it? Because I can tell you right now, I've never wanted to be somebody that just nonchalantly threw down the God card. You know what I'm saying? Has anybody ever thrown down the God card on you? It's awful, it's the worst especially if it's a breakup. You know, it's like, you know what? God said, I'm like, oh man. Because you can't argue that. You can't argue that. You can't argue the God card breakup. And uh, some of you are like writing it down. You're like, that's how I'm going to get out of this. (laughs) Thank you. I'm so glad I came to church. (laughs) So how do I hear God's voice? And let me tell you, like in my personal journey with this, in my kind of stumbling around and struggling at times, wrestling with this question, I've learned that one of the most important things is to put yourself in position to hear God's voice. Let me show you in scripture what this looks like. In 1 Samuel chapter three, it's an awesome story. And it says this in verse one, that the boy Samuel, he ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. And some of you are like, that's my life. 
The word of the Lord is rare. And that's why I checked that question on that survey. Because I feel like I can't hear God. Or maybe I could at one time and now I feel like I can't. So the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. And then it says this in verse two, one night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. And then here's a key verse and we'll come back to it. It says, the lamp of God had not gone out yet and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord, he spoke. He called by name Samuel. And Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and he said, here I am, you called me. So he confused God's voice for Eli's voice. By the way, this is a little rev bomb right now that the Holy Spirit, I feel like just spoke to me. Some of God's voice will sound like the authority in your life. Oh, okay, sorry. But Eli said, I did not call, go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called so this, the, the second time, Samuel. And Samuel got up and he went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call you, go back and lie down. Verse seven, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, but it's crazy that God still spoke to him. And here's the thing, wherever you are in your spiritual journey, Maybe you've been following Jesus for decades, or maybe you're brand new to this whole thing and you just made the decision, or you're in here and you've never made the decision to follow Jesus. I want you to know that God will and he does speak to you. So now Samuel did not know the Lord, but the word of the Lord had not been revealed to him. A third time, the Lord called Samuel and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. Then Eli had a light bulb moment he realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say this. And by the way, if you wanna write this down, this is a great prayer for you to pray every single day. Because he instructed him, hey, next time this happens, pray this, speak Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. And the Lord came and he stood there calling as at the other times. So this is the fourth time, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. And the Lord called to Samuel, see, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. And here's what stood out to me. Samuel, who had never heard God's voice before, and maybe you're here and that's you. I've never heard God before. And Samuel, who had never heard God's voice, he put himself in position to hear God's voice. So the question is how? How did he put himself in position to hear God's voice? And how can we follow his example and put ourselves in position to hear God's voice? Because we may not be able to control if or when God speaks, but we can put ourselves in position to hear God. And here's the key verse. It's in verse three. It's in verse three, which is before God ever said his name, before he ever processed and learned how to pray that prayer from Eli, that before all that happened, this is how Samuel positioned himself to hear God. It says that the lamp of God had not gone out yet, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. So he positioned himself around the lamp of God, 
the house of God and the ark of God. And just like Samuel, we will hear God's voice if we position ourselves around those three things. Let me share what those three things represent. And here's the first, the lamp of God. It represents the Bible. It represents the Bible. See, the Bible is so much more than just this book of rules and regulations or this out-of-date history book or this collection of random stories. The Bible is the alive, infallible, perfect, powerful Word of God. And there's a man by the name of Eugene Peterson who dedicated his entire life to God's Word. And he actually wrote a paraphrase of the Bible called The Message. And you'll see it sometimes we refer to the message paraphrase when we're here. But listen to what this man said, who dedicated his entire life to God's word. He says, scripture is God's word to us and not a collection of human words about God. That that's what the Bible is. And in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, it says that every part of scripture, cover to cover, is God breathed. In other words, that this is the only book that's alive. That God literally breathed, that it is a book that is breathing. That every part of scripture is God breathed and useful one way or another, showing us truth, exposing our rebellion, correcting our mistakes, training us to live God's way through the word we are put together and shaped up for the task that God has for us. In other words, that it doesn't matter how old you are or what season of life you're in, what you're going through, what you're experiencing, or where you are on your spiritual journey, the Bible will speak to your life. And I'm passionate about this because it's changed my life. And here's this principle that I've learned that God's voice will always line up with God's word. It always will. So a lot of times we're sitting there asking, is this you, God? Well, does it line up to this? Because God's voice will always line up with God's word. And in our text, it says that Samuel that he positioned himself by the lamp of God. And listen to what Psalm 119, 105 says. It says that your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. And let me ask you a question. If you're ever in a place where you're in this dark area and you know you need to go somewhere, what do we all do? We all grab our phone, right? We grab our phone and turn on the flashlight feature of our phone and it shows us exactly where we should go and where we should walk. And this verse says that that is what this does. And I love this picture, that when I'm at a spot in life where I don't know what to go and I don't know what to do, and I'm in this spot where it feels like I'm in the dark, that God has given us a lamp that will light up the path that we should take. And we're like, oh, that's where we should go. And it just gives you that very next step. And maybe for some of you, you get frustrated because you can't see all the way to the finish line. But God's like, I've given you a tool that may not tell you exactly how to get there, but I promise you it'll give you your next step. And we built our church around being able to help provide a spiritual path for you to take next steps. Because this, and so like there's so many times where it's like, what should I do? How should I treat people? How should I be an employee? How should I handle my finances? What should my attitude be today? And it just shows you exactly where you should go. It's this lamp that lights up your path. And I love that picture. Here's the crazy thing. Today we're celebrating one year as a church. 
but over four years ago. I actually looked this up. It was on a random Tuesday, just a Tuesday morning. I didn't expect anything. It wasn't a big Tuesday. It was a random Tuesday. And on that Tuesday morning, I woke up and I was living in Dallas, Fort Worth, Metroplex area in Texas. And I woke up and I just spent time with God in what I call my devos, which is just what I, I just call my time with God in the morning. And I set aside time every, every morning and, I, and I, I pray and I talk to God and I let him talk to me through this. And I opened up my I opened up an app where I had my Bible reading plan and I turned, it, uh, turned that on and I always listen to instrumental music in my, in, on headphones. And so I put on the instrumental music playlist and I just spent time just, and I always put my hand on my Bible and I say, God, I invite you in to this conversation. That's what it is. It's back and forth. It's a conversation. And you set the agenda, whatever you want to talk about, you can talk about. I come with no strings attached. I just, I just want to hang out with you. And on that day, a random Tuesday, Reading God's word, he spoke to me about planting a life-giving church, which led me on a path to find a city that I love with all my heart, that I've given my entire life to, that when I moved here in January 2018 and I took my stuff off a U-Haul truck, I might as well be looking for my burial plot because I'm going to love and serve this city to the day I die. And all that started from spending time in God's word. And so I challenge you to make a fresh commitment today to read God's word every single day. And maybe you're like, I don't have a Bible. Well, if you, go, if you have a smartphone, you can go download a free Bible. There's this great app called YouVersion. And I just encourage you to go download that app. But if you want, see, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, like a real Bible guy. Like I love to get my fingerprints on my Bible and mark it up and do all that and underline and highlight. And I love that. And so if you don't have a Bible, we actually have Bibles that are free for you. And so I encourage you to go by our info area in the, lo in the lobby. You just go outside, you look for a sign that says info and you just say, hey, can I have a Bible? And the amazing thing is that the generous people of this church have already paid for your Bible. It's free. We love to put a book because we're passionate about this. We believe in this so much. And maybe you're like, I don't know where to start. You can actually go to queencitypeople.com slash Bible. And there we have all types of resources for you and Bible plans so that you know everything from you can read the whole Bible in a year and you can do the exact Bible plan that I do. Or you can go and find something a little bit more bite-sized. Maybe that's too much. That's a little bit too quick, too soon. Get it? Maybe you don't have that much time. There's one on there called Project 345 that it, and all it stands for is this. It takes on average three minutes and 45 seconds to read one chapter of the New Testament. And so if you can do that, if you have three minutes and 45 seconds to read one chapter, that if you do that for an entire year on that Bible plan, you'll read through, get this, the entire New Testament. That's awesome. And maybe you're like, well, I don't even know. Can I do one chapter a day? I don't know if I can really start there. Okay, let me tell you this. Go to version, download that. On the homepage, they have a verse of the day that will take you about six seconds to read that bad boy. And I'm telling you, those verses that they put every single day are the ones that everybody loves, the ones that everybody highlights and they're like the bomb verses, you know? And so you can go and you can just every single day get God's word into your heart, get it into your life. Because I promise you, just try it. Start somewhere and watch how God speaks to you. And he'll speak to, like you'll sit there and you'll hear like, oh my gosh, I'm going through this right now. And listen, this is the verse today. 
Yeah, because God's gonna speak to you through the Bible. Okay, here's the second way, is he positioned himself in the house of God, which represents the church. See, Samuel, he positioned himself in the house of God. And here's a big prayer that I've prayed every single day since I moved to our city, that every single person in Cincinnati would get planted in a life-giving church, including you. And it doesn't have to be this church. I'd love for it to be this church, but there are a lot of great churches in our city. In fact, there's a lot of churches that I would go to if I wasn't leading this one, but I am leading this one. And so I go to this one, (laughs) but make no mistake about it. You need to get planted in a church. Not, I'm, I'm not talking about just a place that, that you go every now and then and maybe once every six weeks you go and that's kind of it. You just go and then you roll out. I'm, I'm talking about a place where you can be a contributor, not just a consumer. I'm talking about a place where you can put some roots down, where you can find some community and get connection and just dive into. And if you don't have a church home, I invite you to make this your church home. And today happens to be step one of GrowTrack which is the fastest and the easiest way to get planted in this church. So you're like, how do I get planted in this church? Start with Growth Track. Go, check it out. You can do it today. Start today. We provide childcare. We provide lunch. So if you don't have lunch plans, we'll feed you. I mean, I'm talking about a free meal. All you gotta do is go and hear our story today. And we'll tell you a little bit about our vision and more of who we are. You know, today is water baptism. If you've never been baptized, do it today that this week we launched 48 different small groups all around the city, and we just launched them. There's still time to jump into a small group. Go online, look through them, find one that's close to your house or one that that is a good time for you or an interest that you love, and jump in a small group. They just started, they're still awkward, so you can just jump right in, it's good. (laughs) And I said this 53 weeks ago on launch Sunday, and I say it every single step one, and I'll say it again today. I challenge you to give us one year of your life. I'm not talking about a blood oath covenant that you make for the rest of your life. I'm going to go to this church. No, I'm saying give us one year of your life. Go all in. Go all in. Put down roots. Get planted. And I guarantee your life will be different. I guarantee your life will be better. Here's why. Psalm 92, verses 11 through 13. It says, my eyes have seen the defeat of my adversaries. My ears have heard the route of the wicked foes. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow, you'll flourish, you'll grow like a cedar in Lebanon. How? Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. Listen, we don't want you to get planted for us. We want you to get planted for you so that you can flourish, so that your family can flourish, so that everything in your life can be as great as it can be. And I love this principle that we will hear God's voice when we are planted in God's house. I'm telling you, if you plant yourself in this church and you get in environments of worship like we had earlier, God's gonna speak to you. That if you plant yourself in this church and you hear the best messages that you've ever heard in your life, (laughs) I'm kidding, kidding but God's gonna speak to you. God's gonna speak to you in these messages, one of my favorite things, and I find it so funny. It happens almost every week. 
people will come to me or follow up throughout the week and they'll say, hey, when you said this, man, that really, that really got me. And I'm like, I did not say that. Go to the podcast. I did not say that because it wasn't me. Because it's more than me. It's God. And God will speak to you right where you're at. I promise you, if you jump in a small group, God's going to speak to you in that small group. It may be week five, week six, week seven, but God's going to speak to you in that small group. I promise you, if you go to Grow Track, God's going to speak to you. He may speak to you and say, this is your church home. You're going to go, if you go to step two, where we help you discover how you're designed, God's going to speak to you and help you discover how you're designed. If you jump on a dream team and start serving around here, I promise you, God's going to speak to you while you're doing that. Why? Because if you plant yourself in the house of God, you're going to hear God's voice. And so he positioned himself around the lamp of God, the house of God, and then here's number three, the ark of God, which represents worship. And so Samuel, he positioned himself by the ark of God, which is commonly called the ark of the covenant. And it's, if you've ever seen Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark, it's that thing, Okay. <laughs> And here's kind of a, an artistic rendering of what it possibly looked like. And it was this box that carried a lot of really important things like the Ten Commandments. And on top was these two angels. They kind of put their, their angel wings across, and that was considered the mercy seat. And the mercy seat in the Old Testament, that's where the tangible manifest presence of God would be. And now that place is worship. And worship is so much more than just singing songs. And I tried to think about, God, how can you give me language in a way to explain what worship really is? Because if you think it's just singing songs in church, I promise you, you'll miss it. And here's what worship is. Worship is our full life response. It's everything. It's our full life response. Yes, it is what we do in here, but it's also what we do out there. It's our full life response to who God is, and what he has done. And we are made to worship. We are made. We are all designed, wired by God to worship. If you don't believe me, go down as soon as this is over to Paul Brown Stadium. And in 30 minutes, there's going to be some people worshiping. And I'm telling you, a sports, my favorite sports team never saved me from anything. So I want to give my very best to God. And so God loves worship. He's attracted to it. Let me put it this way. If you're trying to find God, just worship and he'll find you. I love this in Psalm 22. It says, yet talking about God, you are holy and you're enthroned on the praises of Israel. That literally you sit down on worship. That that's where you love to hang out. That if you ever heard this phrase that God inhabits the praises of his people. It's like, oh, there's some worship going over there. I want to go hang out over there because that's where worship's happening. Listen to what John chapter four, verse 23 says. It says, but the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now. This is Jesus talking. When true worshipers, not just people who sing songs, but people who live a life like this, will worship the father in spirit and in truth. That means what we say is what we do. So we worship in here and we worship out there. And the Father is looking for those who will worship him. He's looking for people that will do that. He's looking to go spend time with people like that. 
And it's like, that's what you want to do. And nothing attracts the presence of God more than passionate, passionate worship. And please don't think that that only happens in church. Like you don't need our amazing worship team to follow you around everywhere and just play music and sing songs. That would be so awkward and weird. Especially like if you have like a class or if it's like your job and you're in like an office environment and like the band just rolls in with their amps and everything, you know, full drum. That would be so weird. You don't need that. The truth is when worship is your full life response, to who God is and what he's done. Worship can happen anytime, anywhere. It can happen at your house and in your car. It can happen in your, in your work. It can happen, just, just take time throughout your day to acknowledge who God is and what he's done in your life and God's presence can be right there with you, no matter where you are. And here's this principle that we will hear God's voice when we are in God's presence. Because God loves to hang out there. So you know that when we see in 1 Samuel chapter three, you'll see that Samuel positioned himself three places, the lamp of God, the house of God, and the ark of God. And um, I was thinking about this this week that, so I, I, I grew up in Middle Tennessee, and I grew up playing sports, and I grew up playing baseball. And my dad was always my coach and so in Little League. So we spent a lot of time together. We play, like, he was always around when I was playing baseball. And we spent a lot of time at the house, and I was a pitcher. And so he was always, like, coaching me on how to pitch and how to do that better. And, but then when I got into high school, it was the first time that my dad was never my coach. And so I would get a chance to pitch in some games, and every now and then I'd get a chance to, to pitch in some games. And I got to pitch in some very, uh, like, kind of big situations, large crowds, very, like, loud crowds, and we would spend time. But here's the crazy thing. Like, no matter how loud, no matter how crazy of an environment it was, I would always hear my dad's voice, always. And my dad wasn't that crazy, obnoxious sports dad, but he just knew how to say things a certain way at just a certain time where I knew it was my dad. And there'd be times where I would be so like stressed out, so anxious, not knowing what to do, feeling like everything was about to come off the rails on that mound. And I'd sit up there and I'd just hear my dad say something like, it's just pitch and catch. And he'd just say it just like that. And it's like, no matter what, I could just hear my dad throughout that crowd. He would say things like, just hit the mitt. He'd just say, take a breath, Brian, you're good. And so we talked a lot about how. So how did I get to the point where no matter what was happening in my life, no matter how loud the world was around me, that I could hear my dad's voice. Because for years, I'd positioned myself in a way to hear his voice. I tuned my ears to be able to recognize that's God and that's my dad. And I can hear my dad no matter how loud the world around me gets. And so we talked a lot about how 
to have a relationship, like how to position ourselves in a way to hear God. But let me tell you why he wants to speak to you. Because he wants to have a real, close, consistent, vibrant relationship with you. And as I prayed about that this morning, I felt like God say that there's gonna be people at church today that feel like that doesn't apply to them. That because of the choices that you've made, maybe in the past, that you feel like you are disqualified from having a relationship with God because of your performance. And can I tell you that Romans 8 says that nothing can separate us from God's love. Nothing. There's no bad choice that you can make. There's no amount of time that you could be running from God that would make him be like, nope, I don't want you back. But the Bible says that there's nothing that we can do that separates us from God's love. There's nothing that we can do that disqualifies us, that he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross to pay for our sins, just so we can have that type of close, consistent, daily, vibrant relationship with him. And here's the deal, every close relationship requires communication, every single one. That's how I could know my dad's voice because I had a relationship with him and we talked. And here's this amazing quote that I found this week from Dallas Willard that says, if God doesn't speak today, then the greatest disservice that people like me could ever do is to tell people that they could have a personal relationship with God. So to have a personal relationship with God, it requires him to be able to speak. And we moved here last January, January, 2018, knowing one family scared out of our minds, but full of faith with a dream in our heart to plant a church. And now one year later, after planting that church, we do everything that we do because we want you and your kids and your family and your friends and your coworkers and your neighbors and all 2.1 million people in the greater Cincinnati area to have a real and close, consistent, vibrant relationship with God that just keeps getting better and better because it's a relationship where God speaks to you, where you can hear God's voice and look me in the eyes, every single one of you, you can have that type of relationship with God. You can, and it all starts with saying yes to him. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. And right now we do this every single week, but don't let this become routine. I think it's so important for us right now to ask God, God, what are you speaking to me? What does my response need to be? And so maybe it's one of the tangible things that we talked about. Maybe for some of you, you need to get baptized right now. Maybe, I think for many people in here, you've never had a relationship with God and you've never had a close, consistent relationship with God where you could hear his voice. And that seems so foreign to you. Maybe you've gone to church, but you've never had a relationship with God. Maybe you've known a lot about God, but you don't have a relationship with God. And we wanna give you the opportunity to start or to restart a relationship with God today, to say yes to everything that he has for your life, to go all in with God. I'm not talking about starting a church. I'm, ta uh, like, I'm talking about starting a relationship with God. 
And maybe you've had that in the past, but you felt it slip away. And today you find yourself in church and you just feel so far from God and you need to come back. You need to restart your relationship with God. And we're not gonna point you out. We're not gonna make you come forward or embarrass you in any way. All I'm gonna do is pray a prayer. And if you wanna be included in that prayer and just say, that's me, that's the step that I need to take today. I need to get right with God. I need to start or I need to restart a relationship with God. I'm gonna count to three. And if you wanna be included in that prayer, just put your hand in the air and just do it boldly. Just say, that's the decision I need to make today. I'm not waiting anymore. One, two, three, if that's you, you wanna be included in that prayer, just raise your hand, raise it up high. I got you, I got you, I got you. Anybody else, I got you. It's great, I got you. I got you right there in the back. You can put your hands down. I'm so proud of you, I'm so proud of you, so proud of you. Just pray something like this in your heart. Just say, Jesus, I love you so much and I need you. I'm sorry that I've lived my life without you. And I don't wanna do that anymore. So will you come right now and will you live inside me? Will you change me? Will you make me brand new? I surrender my whole life to you, everything. I give you everything. And today I choose to follow you for the rest of my life, I'm all in. Thank you for Jesus. <clears throat> and it's through the awesome, powerful name of Jesus that we pray and everybody said, amen. Come on, can we clap our hands and celebrate with every person that made that? So proud of you. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com slash prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at queencitypeople.com.